I'm Jenny Donheiser. And I'm Nicole Spezio. And this, this is, is How, How Were You Brainwashed? Brainwashed. Hi, my love. Hi, my lady. Hi, the lady of my life. Oh, my God. She's a composer. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you thank for recognizing you. me as such. How babe. are you, my babe? Oh, my gosh. I am okay, I would say. I yeah. I did probably my last like thing outside of my house before I give birth this past weekend, which was helping dear, dear friend of the pod, Megan Kensel, go wedding dress shopping, which was oh just my gosh. so yes. fun. And she is truly beautiful inside, but oh, the outside is really, really good. And I got to say, she was looking great in every goddamn dress she tried on. I know we kept saying body yaddy yaddy. I mean, yeah, va va voom. She looked amazing in in so many Beautiful. of the options. She can't go wrong. Whatever she picks, she can't go wrong. She can't go wrong. And I definitely, I don't know what is this mental illness, but I definitely have the mental illness of anything that I do. I'm like, I could do this job. Like <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah. I could so see me being like okay yeah so talk to me about the silhouette you want like okay and do you th- is it more romantic what right do we like champagne do we like ivory i could be wedding dress salesman i feel you definitely could so now i'm thinking about my new career as wedding dress salesman yeah because we're always just trying to figure out what i do for <laughs> my money but it was so fun and now i think i'm just in my house until i have my babies and my new pregnancy symptom that sort of came out out of nowhere is drooling i am Whoa. drooling 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 and yeah, I don't know. Every just day I wake up with some horrible thing and then I Google it and it's like pregnancy. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> so yeah, carpal tunnel, right. drooling, wow. nosebleeds. Nosebleeds. Oh no, Nicole. I am Octomom. Like I'm like, I have the most babies that anyone's ever had inside of me, <laughs> aka two. <laughs> and they, this week are full Ro- they're romaine lettuce head sized oh to my have God. two goddamn romaine lettuce heads in my bu- it's like how? how how do people with with multiple triplets live like this i don't know i imagine similarly they just at some point throw in the towel and say i'm not going anywhere <laughs> you know right. like uh, yeah, it's really intense. Nicole, you're doing such a good job. It's really amazing. And I'm so excited for you and proud of you. And this journey has been, I know, so hard, but it's going to be so worth it. Once you meet those little gals, you're going to say, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. I don't know if I'd say that, but I'd say I'm so thankful <laughs> you're here. <laughs> I'd say I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Oh my god, yeah. My stomach is so big. I'm just hitting everything. Like I cannot walk anywhere yeah. without it running into something. It's so psycho. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah, you're you're almost done. You're almost done. Almost done. Almost done. Yes. Yes. How about you, babe? What's going on with you? What's going on with me? I have a little cold. Similarly, got to hang out with our friend and do wedding dress shopping. It's just really is such a joy and so fun. Yeah. I wish I could wedding dress shop forever for other people. Doing it yourself, as you know, is a psychotic feeling and horrible. I was so excited to show up to the first place and be like, I'm so happy I'm not doing this. It's thrilling it to be really on the other is side. crazy making yeah. when you are trying to shop for your own dress because it's there's just so much pressure and it's like the white dress and it's the one day and the and it's expensive and 
it's impossible to not have a full mental B. It's like apartment shopping where you're like, you can see this thing for 10 minutes. That's going to be a hugely important part of your life. And then you have to make a decision and give over all the money that you have. (laughs) Right. And it's like, and it's, oh, by the way, not going to be in your size. It's not going to be like, right. So you'll never even really know what it is until you spend the money on it. It's crazy. What else? I start a new love is blind. Nicole and I'm really having a good time. I'm back. Uh, I I think I'm not going to participate, but I am aware of Megan Foxgate, and I am aware <laughs> of Bean Dipgate. Oh, I don't know about that. And I'm watching. They were all doing. They were all doing like a Bean Dip booby touching the girls in the girls pod, and then one of the girls told her boyfriend that he should bean dip one of the other girls when they were all being in Mexico or something. And they called it bean dipping? Or you're just saying yes. that because that's what our friend no. called it? No, they are calling. I saw an Instagram post of her being like, I'd like to address the bean dip situation. <laughs> Wait, I thought that was a thing that our friend from college made up. Is that what it's... That's what I thought. I don't I don't know. And bean dipping collectively it's exactly what they're yes it's tapping it's, it's a when you boob from under tap tap giving the boob a little tap from under and then tapping it from the top and what does that have to do with bean dip <laughs> that's above my pay grade I, I don't know but why do we call it bean dip again i don't know but i saw this woman getting pushback for doing bean dip I have again not watched it so i have no idea what woman and then yes i've saw seen all of the pushback about a woman saying that she looks like megan fox and then ultimately not looking like megan fox but also the man being a nightmare that she tells she looks like megan fox whose side are you on and, and he megan picks fox her i i'm still in the beginning so um oh, sorry i i know that he picks her though so is he upset that she doesn't look like megan fox when he gets to see her from what i've seen on tiktok yeah oh my god what a nightmare person when has anyone ever been like someone told me i look like a celebrity that person actually looks like that celebrity you gotta take that information with a grain of salt you can't be like oh i'm expecting them to look exactly like megan fox right yeah no one's ever looked as good or better than (laughs) like right it's gonna be worse right it's gonna be not the same but also it seems like she sort of instigated it and was like do people ever tell you you look like a celebrity sort of so she could say yes. that people tell her yes that she looks like Megan fox and so you know not blameless i guess but I-, I think i'm just gonna get my love is blind from tiktok and that's enough for me that's fair has anyone ever told you you look like a celebrity <sighs> well of course henry winkler one time thought that i was ricky lake and um what wait what Henry Winkler? Why were you with Henry Winkler? It's an amazing question. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get into it, but... um... (laughs) You can't? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Were you on set for something? No. I was a child in LA at like a taping of something and he was there and then he was waving to me and we sort of deduced that he thought that I was ultimately Ricky Lake. I was getting oh. Ricky Lake for a while as at like a certain age. I see. I see. Okay. Okay. You thought because he was waving at you that he thought you were Ricky, Ricky Lake. I don't know. It just, there was something charged about it. <laughs> he wasn't waving to everybody. He was just sort of talking to me. Oh my God. Um... <laughs> okay. I love that. <laughs> but again, is it delusion? Who can say? But yeah, I think that that's all I've sort of gotten. What about you? You got Kaylee Cuoco, right? For a while. 
Like one person thought I looked like Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah, I guess. She has round face and blonde hair. Anybody mm-hmm. that has round face and blonde hair, I've sort of got. Which I'm Oh, like, Beth Ditto, I also get. Like brunette fat. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's just like take two things about you that right. are similar to any actor celebrity that someone's like wow you remind me of yeah what i don't know jennifer lawrence and i'm like i wish <laughs> amy schumer actually i have gotten uh, and i and i say this with such respect <laughs> you've gotten jennifer lawrence in my youth in my youth for you hun I know. Can you imagine me telling a guy who hasn't seen me on another side of a wall? Right. Actually, I get Jennifer Lawrence quite a bit. That would be psychotic yeah, to do. I think it would be a stretch. I think and then they, they would meet me and be like, more like, is she some newscaster I got once? Some like blonde. Oh my news God. That lady. newscaster. Wait, yeah. I feel like. You know who I'm talking about? <laughs> There's a blonde news, like a blonde CNN lady with glasses that people really always. Blonde CNN anchor glasses. We'll do a side-by-side on the Instagram. Blonde glasses anchor. What does that give me? I think that's going to give me too many results. Well, actually, maybe they're not a lot with glasses. I thought that was like a weather woman or something. A weather woman. I do give weather (laughs) woman vibes. I'll figure it out. We'll do a side-by-side. Okay. Well, anyway, I think it's maybe time. Oh, okay, great. Let's bring in our guest. Okay, well, first and foremost, this is a good pal, a true sister of ours. Uh, She also just happens to be one of the preeminent casting directors in New York City. Okay, honey, she works in theater, film, television. Um, Every medium you could ever want. Every medium you could ever want. We're going to have a lot of fun doing the casting game with this one. I'll tell you what. Most recently worked on Broadway's An Enemy of the People, starring Jeremy Strong and hottest man alive, Michael Imperioli. Also on Broadway, The Sign and Sidney Bernstein's Window. POTUS, Slave Play, What the Constitution Mm. Means to Me. The hits just keep on come in also just cast a film that i'm very excited to see which we should talk about i didn't realize you worked on until you posted about it taylor the film good one which premiered at sundance film festival and a24 is the front room Uh, there's so many credits so many accolades let's bring in this incredible lady gal Please welcome to the pod, Taylor Williams. Taylor Williams. Taylor Williams. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. Hi, Taylor. Hi. Hi, Taylor. Did well, you like us saying your credits at you? That was kind of shocking. I'm, I'm very impressed, Jenny, where, where you found all those credits. I got a notes app open. Love it. You know, very nice to hear it all out loud. I don't, I don't often get that chance. <laughs> You're established. I'll tell you what. You're established. Mm. And that's that's huge. I love bragging about your ass around town For to sure. my mom. That's very nice. That's I'm funny. always like my friend Taylor is a casting director. You know her. And she's like, okay. <laughs> well, funnily, I did cast your mom, kind of. That's you know. so true. Oh my I god. Mean, I can't believe I did it. your mom. And that your biggest credit, casting Mama Jane, my short film, and your how I got connected to Constance Shulman, former yeah. guest of the pod. I love that. I have a working relationship with her now because of you. Yeah, you had never met my mom and you still crushed the casting of my mom. Yeah, just went off of really good stories. So you, you were very clear, I think, in what you wanted. So it was very easy. Ah, thank you. Jenny, what does your actual mom feel about the portrayal of her in the film i think she was very excited 
it's so hard right when you're writing autobiographically and the person is still sort of around and is your current mom you want to be honest but you also don't want them to have hurt feelings so my mom was actually I would say pretty good about understanding that this was art and not fully a representation of her but my memory of something and also it was a fictionalized version of what happened so she understood that she understands art which you know it's great not every not parent does. might nope. they'll be like this is me and you hate me and right. you hate our relationship and why did you do this but it was more about a reaction to her mother and the grandmother dying than than i would say a representation of my mother I don't know. I think that's right. I think that's yeah. right. It wasn't. It wasn't a story about your mom. Your mom just right. was was a character. Right. In the- mm. We're all just characters in someone's story. That's right. I hope that one day someone writes a play and I'm a character in it, or I hope that I get Kramered. You know how Kramer is a real person that Larry David <laughs> lived next door to. I hope that I get Kramered. Nicole, will you Kramer me? Yeah, I'll Kramer you for sure. If you'd like that, I'd be happy to. You know, Kramer is his real name. Yeah. Didn't even change the name. Well, I mean, if you have the name Kramer, it's like you're going to yeah. make up something better than that. It's it's right there. <laughs> Has anyone ever written about either of you in a piece of art that you know of? I mean, the amount of times I played someone named Nicole, it's like people are just like, just have her do her. I don't know if that's the same. Right. No one's ever written like a play that's like about you. <laughs> I never dated a playwright, thankfully, and hopefully I never will. Yeah. It's not for me. Yeah, no one's ever written a real play about me, I don't uh, think. How do we... Let's make that happen. Let's all... No, I don't want that. Leave our I husbands. I don't want someone to write a song about me. I don't want someone to write a play about me. I want you to just keep it inside whatever I did to you. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. Anyway, Taylor, what's up? How are you? I'm good. You know, I'll say on the pod, I'm a little nervous. Just, you know, more of a listener than a talker. Uh-huh. So I'm warming up those vocal cords. I'm, I'm getting ready to chat, but I'm feeling good. We have a safe pod, Taylor, and you don't need to worry about anything. We're going to take care of you. We're going to make you feel so good on this pod. I appreciate that. I know I'm in good hands. I, I've listened to this pod, so I know I'll be okay. Yeah, good. My husband is in the other room building me a standing desk because Ooh. I bought a little incline treadmill that is supposed to fit under desk, but does not fit in under desk so that when I'm watching lots of audition videos, I can move around a little bit. Oh. Sometimes I realize I haven't left the house all day mm-hmm. or gotten up. So I'm hoping to reintroduce a little walking into my life. Back in the day when I had an office, I had to like physically get to the office or I would go outside and get a coffee. But now everything's here. So I'm going I do miss my little outside drinks, yep. my little <laughs> treats from the outside that I miss. Yeah. Make your husband go get you some treats from the outside. Oh, but you miss it being the one to go out, see the world, check in on the... Oh. Local sites. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, I like to see the special menu. You know, maybe this month it's a lavender latte, you know? Like, I don't always know. Yep. Well, not to put you on the spot or anything, Nicole, but you have a coffee shop and bar in your building. (laughs) You could just take that little elevator down, come right back up. Are you doing that? I do sometimes go to my coffee shop in my building. Yeah, sometimes (laughs) I do that. That's nice. So, Windsor Terrace does not have all the amenities. 
<laughs> I can go get a beer probably right now, but I'm not sure I can get a cookie. I love that. You can go get a beer, but not a cookie. That's the slogan of Windsor Terrace. <laughs> the Windsor Terrace way. <laughs> is Farrelly's, what the hell is it called? Farley's? Feral. Feral. Feral? Feral. Like a cat, like a feral cat? No, like um, Maggie O'Farrell. F-A-R-R-E-L, I think. Farrell's, is, is it open at 11 a.m.? I actually think they're doing some spring cleaning or or something. I saw on their Instagram, which is very good. <laughs> Barrels, for those of you who don't know, is a dive bar in Winter Terrace where the locals and Taylor Williams herself like to go, where I have had the, the pleasure of going and drinking out of a styrofoam cup. Is it just beer out of the styrofoam cups or is it all beverages? And I are they still doing that? That's a great question. I don't think they're supposed to be doing it. So I'm I think styrofoam's been illegal yeah. in New York oh. for many years, I think. For the sake of barrels, I'm going to say that they don't do the styrofoam cups anymore. But when they <laughs> did, I think it was just beer. Amazing. It's one of those great places where you just kind of leave your money on the bar. You don't take your change because they just know you're going to keep drinking. So they <laughs> take from your change as the night goes on, which is really wild and great. It's and a real funny. Brooklyn, New York establishment. I'll say that. So you worked on this film, good one, that Graham Mason produced. I didn't oh, realize. I do know Graham. I call him Other Graham. His films are so amazing. There's like a indie filmmaker Brooklyn community that I follow and I'm obsessed with and Graham is in that circle. I'm curious how you got involved in this film and mm -hmm. what it was like. Yeah. So let's see. I didn't know you knew Graham. God, the world is so small, isn't it? Let's see. In 2022, I guess it was, my friend Kate Geller, who is a really incredible casting director extraordinaire, Shiva Baby. Oh, uh-huh. Um, nine Days, a bunch of Molly and Max in the future, which just came out. Tons of amazing stuff. Somebody asked her to work on Good One, but she had too much on her plate. And whenever it was happening, it didn't work out. But she suggested me because she's a very kind person. And I met with India Donaldson, who was the writer and director of Good One. And we immediately clicked. And I just loved the script so much. So all of a sudden was doing it. Oh, and cool. Yeah. And then it was the best experience ever. It was just so fun. India is amazing. I can't say enough good things about her. And Diana Irvine and Graham Mason were incredible. Sarah Winshaw. Everyone just wanted to make a thing and make it good. And I don't know. You get in. I, I work in a lot of situations now where there's tons of uh, commercial pressure, where mm. there's a lot of worry about how you're going to get financing or how you're going to sell tickets. And you can lose you can lose sight of the actual art, the the reason why you're all there in the first place. And so this was one that actually we just got to make a great movie. And I yeah. think it shows. And then it was really wild because this young actress, Lily Coleus, plays our lead. And this is kind of her first big role in a feature. She had a part in Palm Trees and Power Lines. I always want to say planes, trains, and automobiles when I go to <laughs> <say> <laughs> Palm Trees yeah. and Power Lines. And it always just 
knocks me cold that I that I've done that multiple times when I want to say that title. And uh, she was friends with India's sister. And kind of before I came on board, India was trying to cast it herself and had said to her sister, you know, do you know any people who are actors who are your age? And she was like, I think that, you know, my one friend. And so Lily put herself on tape. And so when I came on board, India sent me the tape and said, you know, what do you think? And I called her that morning and just said, this is kind of the most remarkable tape I've ever watched. I mean, oh. I just thought Lily was wow. was gifted. I mean, she she is gifted. And when you see the movie, you'll see just she's amazing. So cinematic. So many thoughts pass across her face that it's just really, really wild. And, you know, I watch a lot of tapes and this one really stopped me in my tracks. So we knew we had to have Lily and we tried to shoot it in August of 2022. But Lily was based in California at that time, and they go back to school earlier. And mm. so we had to, we would have had to hire a tutor, which we couldn't do with the budget we had. So we postponed it to wait for Lily oh, and wow. shot in wow. June in the Catskills, where you may remember there were some fires from Canada, which caused really intense smoke. Oh, yeah. Um, and then there were torrential downpours. And then the actor strike was going into effect. Oh, my God. Uh, the, the evening. Perfect storm. Of their last day of a 12-day shoot. And one of the other really wonderful actors, Danny McCarthy, was in it. And we had to, like, fly him to Atlanta for half a day to do reshoots on The Exorcist in the middle of a 12-day shoot where he's in every scene. Oh, and so my I thought, God. If this movie ever even just like gets finished, it will be a miracle. So then to kind of get the call that this was going to Sundance and all the fun stuff that's followed has been wild. And really Low fun. budget filmmaking. Every story I hear, I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> How do you do it? It's so, so hard. And I'm so impressed that people people that can do it. But what a cool story about the lead. How old was she in? Is she in the movie? She's 17 in the movie. Okay. And let's see. She is now 19 in real life. Okay. And I guess all the rules yeah. for minors are under 18. So she's right on the edge. Of... Yeah. And I think, yeah, when we eventually shot it, it was the tutor that really was going to cause the problem. You know, not problems. Everybody should be tutored. <laughs> Just Taylor <laughs> Williams hates yeah. education. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> But it just was going to push the budget. So once she was out of school, we had more freedom to to do all the rest of the stuff. Is casting kids, and we can cut this if you don't want to say anything <laughs> bad, but is casting kids so hard? I think it's kind of fun. Uh, you know, like Constitution is like right. one of the greatest joys of my life because you get to audition these young women who are you know, 12 or 13. And the way they look at the world is just inspiring. You know, they come in and they're like, I am the greatest debater ever. And they believe that because the world has not, you know, been broken them yet. <laughs> has knocked them down a peg yet. yet. They still just have, yeah, they have like an amazing self-confidence and belief in themselves. And so I always find it really gratifying. And plus kids are so honest, you know? Yeah. They're non-actors are always going to be better than actors. Yeah. At and even kid actors like they're, you know, everyone's different. But some kid actors are just like they feel connected to like another world. You know, mm, they, yes. they have a fall. Not yet. 
Okay, it's amazing. And the young kid who's in it and the dog are like connected to another portal of truthfulness that it's great to watch. It's fun. Yeah, I saw that some awards show everyone was lining up to take pictures with the dog. Or no, it was the Oscars luncheon. (laughs) It's like when they make all the Oscar nominees get together and take a picture of them. Everyone was lined up to take pics with that dog. They were the star of the The dog was amazing. Truly. Now, Taylor, do you ever cast animals or that's sort of not in your realm of... um... No, it's sadly not my realm. I would love to cast animals, but I don't even know how I would start. So (laughs) I'd love to see a fish audition for something. Yeah, I don't even... I do wonder what that's like. I feel like I had to call about some kind of animal. And there is like some farm in New York that raises showbiz animals, you know, and you kind of call them and see what they got. I'm sure like SNL keeps them on a retainer. There's always some rando animal showing up. Wait, but who does cast the animals? Is there a specific casting director for animals? I don't think they're casting directors. I think (laughs) you're just calling like Animal Wrangler and being like, I need a friendly pig. What do you got? And then the animal right like, oh you're gonna love Shirley she's a pro right so you don't even have to uh, when you're an animal it's offer only baby you don't even have to audition <laughs> I think Mary looked at tapes of cats for her movie I think she you know they people send vids of cats of them like uh <laughs> reading acting? or just like <laughs> of of them them doing monologues yeah they're doing sides I think them just being cat. Yeah, they aren't. They're not. There's not a reader on the other side doing the lines. <laughs> well, back in the day, I think they would like bring cats, you know, if it was like a fancy feast. You ever seen that famous picture of all the women in like the 1950s standing outside a building holding their like fluffy white cats for uh like no, open I'd call? I'd love to see that picture. <laughs> That's amazing. Open call for cats. Yeah, they were trotting in their cats for, you know, especially if it's a big multi-commercial franchise situation. My brain. You got to make sure you got the right cat. Although yeah, I'm you sure... yeah, if you're a fancy feast <laughs> casting director, please reach out and sort of walk us through your process. Did you watch Wishbone? Is that the yeah. dog detective? No. Well, yes. yes Sometimes he's no. being a detective, but mostly he's just being a reenactor of <laughs> historical or fictional stories. Yeah, yeah, novels. It was like a group Sherlock of Sherlock Holmes, but with a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pride and Prejudice, but a dog is But there. with a dog. Yeah, he always plays like one of the leads of the novel that the children are reading in real time. And they'll cut back to the reenactment of the novel. So the kids will like be reading Frankenstein in class and then we'll get to cut back to... And then to... that dog will be acting out Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I only watched him when he was a detective. So you've seen the Sherlock Holmes episode. Yeah. Because I've just seen one episode over and over. Kind of always thought he was a detective. He's also sort of like doing stuff and like helping the family sometimes in in that world. In, in present day. In present yeah, day. When we're not... okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, they used to always play behind the scenes on PBS. I like a behind the scenes feature ad about Wishbone and that's when you learned as a child that there were actually three dogs playing Wishbone. And I always sort of didn't like knowing that, I have to say. I, it ruined the magic a little bit knowing that sometimes in one episode I'm seeing three different dogs. Yeah. You know? 
What, I got to yeah. be tra- tracking their spots, this Jack Russell Terrier's marks to know which one I'm watching? Could you tell the difference? Absolutely not. But I was also a child. But maybe someone watching was ruined for them because they said, that's a different dog. You would um, think you could tell dogs, you would be able to tell dogs apart, right? Yeah. I would think you would have like some characteristic that would... I don't know. I mean, we didn't know Mary-Kate and Ashley. You know, we all thought Mary-Kate Ashley Olsen was one person. In the beginning of the full house, it was just like listed as one large name. You know, it's like... Really? Yeah. I don't think that they did and until like maybe season two or something. I feel like it was just like Mary-Kate Ashley Olsen. Or maybe that's just how my child brain (laughs) interpreted it because I was like, that's too many names. What are you talking about? I wonder if they did that for Wishbone. They were like, and Wishbone played by Tucker, Spot, and Billy. That's amazing. Cue. Yeah. And who gets paid? The owner. The owner, I think. There's like a a LLC. Yeah. For the dog. Curious. I'm curious. Like, do they need a trust? Like, can it only go towards dog related things? We got a lot of questions for dog casting directors and dog wranglers. Please, animal wranglers, (laughs) casting directors, reach out. I want to get to the question. Nicole, mm-hmm. do you want to do the question? Yes, I would love Taylor. So we've reached the point of this podcast where we are going to ask you the question that we ask all our guests. And that question is, how were you brainwashed? And by that, we mean, what did you used to think was just sort of how the world worked, the way of things, true fact. And then at some point you were like, actually, I feel like maybe that was brainwashing this whole time. I learned about this question because... You know, I feel like I was brainwashed about a lot of things, but how to answer it? I mean, I definitely was brainwashed to think that you go to college and then you get a job and Mm -hmm. then you your life. Yeah. And I was the first person in my family to go to college. So I also thought like you go to college and you just study. You Mm -hmm. just your head down and study. And so I feel I was brainwashed on both of those points because I got to college and realized that you still have to eat besides the dining (laughs) halls like there are actually a lot of expenses in college you still need like clothing and notebooks and things gum and so you know when I went to NYU with you lovely ladies I very quickly had to get a job at the gym merchandise store at Palladium which was called the sweatshop I just think nope but you should know that NYU whoa you're right Palladium store, the sweatshop, and I would work there from 5 a.m. until 1045 on my academic class days, where I would then go to my academic classes at 11 a.m. Oh, no, Taylor. And I would be exhausted. That was freshman year. And then sophomore year, I was like, sweatshop isn't cutting it. It's like not enough. It was supposed to be work study, but they never let you read, even (laughs) though nobody bought things. At 5.30 a.m. for such job. So I got a job as a hostess at Jenny's favorite restaurant, Houston's, a.k.a. Hillstone. Oh, wow. I can't believe yes, we're going to talk about Hillstones. Okay. <laughs> Continue. That, that was the college brainwashing part. And then, you know, you graduate college with a degree in theater and a double major in English literature with a focus in new American poetry. And you think that somehow that will translate to a job that will pay you, but it doesn't. So then you do a lot of internships while you also work like five other 
full-time jobs. Yep. And then finally, at some point, you you are, you know, a decade later, able to release some of those other jobs. But you always have the mentality of, did I pick up a little something on the side? You know, am I working hard enough? Uh, because the brainwashing was, you know, you really had to fight that brainwashing in the beginning. Yeah. What You think it was like our parents, like, trying to bribe us to go to college? They were like, it's everybody goes to college it's the only way to get a job you go to college i get think a job. when they were that age it wow. really did make a difference in what opportunities you could get our parents generation they went to college and they got jobs. yeah like it it didn't i think mean that you had different quote better opportunities open up to you right so i think that was true and then cut to us with college degrees working at gelato shops in madame tussauds you know for one example (laughs) oh my god or the juice bar inside of the equinox (laughs) yeah it's like it didn't really translate in the same way as being able to like support a family (laughs) yeah it really took 10 years to be like okay maybe now i can have a child or maybe now i can go on a trip and not like have to go into credit card debt (laughs) you know well I think our generation and my mom always would like get frustrated at me when I would say this but I would say well we graduated during the recession and we're also like a generation that's full of student debt I don't think they are still able to really wrap our their heads around why we've all waited so long to start the next chapter of our lives. It's always been a little bit of a point of contention with our generation and that generation of, well, why aren't you married yet? Why aren't you starting a family? Why is it so hard for you to get a good footing? And I'm like, have you seen what's happened? Are because they attention? were able to do that. They, Mike, Mike's, my husband's dad paid for himself to go through college from working at mcdonald's like that was possible at that time you can't you right. can't do that like pretend probably now we cannot just graduate and own homes now but they all just did so they don't get it parents just don't understand famously <laughs> do you feel that the brainwashing came from your parents taylor did it come oh, from other people around you i would say like my parents were very much like Go to college, don't go to college. Go to typing school, whatever you want to (laughs) do. You know, like I think would have maybe preferred if I went a calmer route and met my husband and did all those Mm -hmm. things that would bring them a lot of their normal kinds of joy. So I don't know where I got it into my head that I needed to go to a school like NYU. And then the amount of debt that I'll never be done paying them. I've just come to terms with the fact that I will die owing NYU money, <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> that's so fine. I work for them now, and I almost always want to be like, I don't need the paycheck. Just, you know. Just take it out. And off my back. <laughs> you know, take it. Can't you give me, like, extra points for teaching or something? With <laughs> the debt away or something? Just So take I don't it. know where it came into my head that if I went to this. And then I definitely think, even though I watched Felicity, (laughs) Felicity working at Dean and DeLuca seemed glamorous. Like, that is where she saw people from school. I was friends with her manager. Like, the sweatshop was, I would wake up at Hayden Hall at 4.45 in the morning. No. So upsetting. A bright 
neon orange polo shirt <laughs> that was five sizes too big because they told me they did not have one in my size. So <laughs> and asked my knee. Couldn't even tuck no. it in. Black swishy pants. And I used to leave in the dark and walk my sad little self to Palladium, which is on 14th. Union Square. The- yeah. And would walk there and then just sit there for hours. Usually eating some M and M, stealing from the sweatshop. I stole. I had vitamin water. Five a.m. M and M's is so sad, Taylor. It was very sad, and wondered if I would get caught if I tried to read a little from one of my textbooks. <laughs> and, and that was like... not at all what Felicity had promised. To me, you know. Oh my God! I also worked at Palladium, Taylor, at some point. But I worked at the front desk where all you did was take IDs and give people keys to a locker and a towel. That, that was your whole job. I had to like fold the clothing. <laughs> they were always worried about shoplifting. So I would have to like, you know, swish around because my pants make so much noise. So right, to, like, right. Swish around a few times during my shift to make sure nobody stole. We also had to do concessions at fencing tournaments and soccer tournaments. For soccer, we had to get on a bus and go to some school in Jersey City. And then fencing was always at Holes. Was that the name of the other gym? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, 10-hour fencing tournaments where I was always... (laughs) wondering if anybody was filming me during them you know because I just it's wild to watch a fencing tournament it's very funny I cannot believe that fencing tournaments had enough people attend them that they thought we should sell snacks we'll make money NYU is a huge fencing school you know what are the divisions it's like whatever that top one is for fencing d1 yeah d1 fencing (laughs) d1 fencing (laughs) Wow, you had to travel with the fencing team to sell concessions? Yeah. You have lived so many lives, I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) And again, none of them like the Dean and DeLuca. None of them like walking over, making some coffee, you know? No. And also, I've been to that. I feel like it was the Dean and DeLuca by NYU. That's where they filmed it or they based it on or whatever. Shit show in there. What a mess. You wouldn't want to work in there. I used to have therapy over there and I would sit in the Dina DeLuca and I would buy like a spicy tuna roll or some shit and sit in the window and eat my sushi roll while I waited for therapy to start. And then I would bring a huge, like large coffee. (laughs) Coffee and and sushi. You have to stop talking about that. That, I don't like that. I don't like, I don't like that. It's not a good combo. I don't like that. I used to feel like there, when I finished life, (laughs) I have fantasies of like when you finish life, there being a supercut of your life. Of course. (laughs) And there being various supercuts. And I feel like there will be a supercut of me eating alone inside of New York City chains, like Prada Musher. That's going to make it into your, into your wrap-up, into your life wrap-up video. Hale and Hardy, Fresh and Co. You know, just... Mara, I just eat... Or what's that, the Obam pan that used to be by... Oh, God, yeah. 
Yeah. The one in Union Square, Taylor. A lot of hard boiled eggs. For, and that. then the one on Eighth Street. Oh, uh huh. Oh yeah, the Eighth Street. I ate at the Eighth Street one. I had like real life happen at that. I went there like after breakups, studying for tests, after good news. Always having that broccoli <laughs> chicken soup there, you know. After good news, Co- cozy, cozy. Uh, yes, uh, cozy. You're just really unlocked. <laughs> something with the mention of cozy oh my god did you immediately taste the bread the cozy yes. bread <laughs> and i said it i yeah. had something psycho happen to me at that at that cozy but i was having lunch at that cozy and a guy came up to me and asked me to be a model and then he was like but for this shoot it's Basically, it was like, it, you, you'd be the ugly model. I'd be like a traditional model. And then he like showed me in his sketchbook the ideas of the shoot. And it was just like one woman with like pock marks and pimples on like one side of the page. And then I was just like, I'm being attacked at this cozy right now in a way that I, I really can't afford to be at 20. It was just was too much. <laughs> and so that's Sorry, sort of what's sticking out to me about that cozy in addition to the flavor of the bread. I'm so sorry. They wanted you to be like the before picture. It wasn't even like that, but it was like some artistic shoot where they were like, oh, right. So we have one that's ugly. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I was just like the high that I had. uh, It was just such a big crash from like, can you model (laughs) in the shoot to like, you will be ugly. I don't know. There was also a tough language barrier. We had a hard time. Whatever. That is terrible. That reminds me of a really bad tinder date i went on i went on this really horrible date and we were getting along he was a little arrogant you know he kept talking about like the price of furniture in his apartment and i was like odd (laughs) like i don't think i've ever bought any furniture it's all been (laughs) hand-me-downs and then he said like do you want to play a game and i you know immediate antennas went up and i was like gosh i don't know and then he was like i'm gonna guess your weight okay (laughs) yeah no (laughs) I was like, oh, God. Um, so he guessed my weight. And he was like, am I right? And I was like, no. And then he said, well, oh, that's a shame because me and my friends always put a bet on it on who, you know, if we can guess the correct weight of whoever we're going out on a date with. And I said, wow, that is really strange. And he said, do you want to know how we make our bets? And I said, sure. So then he pulled up my photos, which he had screenshotted to his phone. And zoomed in on my armpit area because he said, that's, no. that's the place that people forget to airbrush. And oh, so shit. that's how they guess. And, you know, he was so happy, this guy, to tell me, to tell, to, to you know, share this game with me. And I was like, can I ask you a question? And he was like, here. And I was like, do you ever get a second date? <laughs> and then the bartender, I could see, was laughing and very sweet. And then I was like, I need to go. Goodbye. But I had mistakenly given him my number because I was very new to Tinder. And he mm-hmm. sent me all these terrible texts for like a few weeks and phone calls. And I was very odd. Because he was that... mad you didn't go on another date? Yeah, he was. And he was mad oh that I laughed. Like, yeah, of, of course, he was. He's has problems. Yeah. <laughs> he's got issues. But it reminds me of your story because just the balls of somebody like, like, what? think you'd want to enter into that dark part of their brain you know like keep that inside yeah now when he guessed your weight was he above or below it was above wow 
and like nice. dramatically, <laughs> also just dramatically so. And I was like, I think you're just confused about life, you know. <laughs> what a monster. It was very odd. I don't miss those days going on dates with people who are pulling up spreadsheets of every location they've heard a Steely Dan song or we were at a bar and a Steely Dan song came on and he was like, oh, hold on. I have to update my spreadsheet. I have a spreadsheet with all my friends of places where we hear Steely Dan songs. So he went into Google Sheets and added that bar. What Steely Dan's? I mean, people always say serial killers are rare and like they just <laughs> not internet dated because yeah. the, the seats are there everywhere, you know? <laughs> people are telling on themselves on OkCupid for a year. It is alarming. Nicole went on a date with someone who she thought maybe killed someone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, yeah, my ex-girlfriend died or was murdered or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. It just seemed a little sort of uh, fishy. <laughs> it seemed a little fishy. I did go out with him again. <laughs> and then the end of that story is he, I think, asked me to be his girlfriend. It was our second date. I was like, oh, we don't know each other. And then he gave me a keychain that had some sort of like computer chip on it. Like oh, some no. sort of some sort of I don't know. But when I got home, I ran it under cold water in my sink because I was like, is he tracking me? Is this right. like I didn't know what kind of tech he was doing? Yeah. You know, it's a thrill to be married ultimately at this <laughs> point. Um, just huge shout out to all the monsters of the past. Yeah. My sister-in-law, I think, did go on a date with somebody who was, like, found not guilty of murder. God. (laughs) And the the person that set them up was like, well, they didn't do it. And she's like, okay. (laughs) Still. So we'll have to have her on to tell that tale. That was one of my other brainwashed things I was going to say was that I grew up on Dateline. So, like, Oof. I'm just convinced if I leave a mall and it's dark, that's my last night on the earth. Yeah. But I don't know that that's wrong. I don't know that I was really brainwashed because I do think it's kind of right. So that's why I didn't use it. Where I'm like, you do I'm have so, so ready to punch out the headlight if I'm in a trunk. Like, yeah. I'm like, I got that lesson. I will do that. Yeah. Or like, I'm- never pulling over for a cop. If it's dark, you know, like always go to the gas station. Do you ever get those like AOL? Um, my mom loves to still forward them to me. They're like all in caps. They're like, <laughs> my friend Susie. Got right. right. And it wasn't a cop. Always go to a lit gas station or a store. Like never get out of the car. No. But yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. But I haven't. I didn't know that one. But maybe that's because I don't drive. <laughs> My my parents pass a lot of those along to me, which is, you know. Well, yeah, the new Dateline is just Netflix documentaries. Every time I turn on God. goddamn Netflix, there's another serial killer cult leader situation. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll watch this. And not a single one is good. <laughs> but yet I'm riveted the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was here for baby like a month ago and she only wanted to watch like a true crime doc she kept being like no i don't want to do a cult one i want murder <laughs> <laughs> and i was like okay fine we finally found a murder one that she was okay with and it was sucked ass 
I just so many of they just are generating them too quickly now. They're digging up any news headline and being like, let's find some B-roll of newspapers and yeah. some police tapes and we got a documentary. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, you, you goddamn don't. Lifetime when you were little? Because I feel like Lifetime, when I was a kid, used to scratch the true crime. Like there would always be like, like a new life. <laughs> There'd be a new Lifetime movie where like, you know, she'd been kept in the attic. And, and, and I used to watch those with my mom. But now they're true crime docs. And, right. you know, freaky. Men love to keep women in a room. Uh, in, I, I, uh, I, I don't think this is good. I don't think it's good. Let me out of the room, you know? In cults, a lot of time, they keep them in rooms. And then you find out later, like, the room was never locked. They just were <laughs> self-punishing because that's what the cult leader told them to do. So they kept themselves in the room because they yeah believed the person yeah more of a drag race person <laughs> more sort of what i watch i would watch it if i could how do get i watch cable. it get cable no way no one has cable well, anymore you're the only person nicole that i know that still has regular I'm gonna cable. die with cable Taylor. you have cable Taylor? i have cable, I have cable. <gasps> yeah what the hell are you watching daytime tv at this point, it's they're giving it away because no one's buying it. Okay, the, the prices are quite reasonable on cable. What are you watching on cable? Friends reruns with commercials? I don't understand. Chopped. You oh, yeah, can watch chopped. that on streaming. No, yeah, I'm never. I would never choose to watch. It. Yeah, yeah. Like I like to happen upon a Law and Order SVU episode. I like to change the channel five times and know I can watch seven different <laughs> Law and Order SVU episodes. All in different time periods of Stabler and Benson's, you know, life. I want to watch Real Housewives when it is on, when it's, when I can. I don't want to have to wait till the next morning like some chooch. <laughs> chooch. Wow. Okay. You guys are out here still with cable. I did the other day recently try to watch an SVU episode. I just put it on. But I think you're right, Taylor. The only way to watch it is. With the commercial break, and then you watch something else like a rom com, like Ten Things I Hate About You, for ten minutes, and then come back to. You have SVU. to happen upon it. Although yeah. when we were in college in our last year, when Netflix, I feel like that was when you could first kind of watch Netflix. Yeah, House of Cards. Or, yeah, on your laptop. You know, you didn't just yeah. have to get the DVDs. And I was going through a sad time or something, and I kept watching Law and Order SVU from the beginning for all the seasons they had and then Netflix no. stopped working and I was like I need to know what happens and I called for help you know with the Netflix account and the guy on the other end laughed and said you know there's more you can watch besides Law and Order SVU Rude. can you just help me fix it please yeah, his job to <laughs> judge an opinion yeah. like step aside sir you don't know what's going on in this house. I need Benson yeah. and Snabler right now. I need them. They have really bad problems at the start of an episode, and by the end, they have finished it. Or <laughs> if it's an extra big problem, by the end of three episodes, they have solved it, and they are better for it. And that's what you need sometimes, you know? For that's sure. brain wants. Who are your, like, well, who's your Law & Order cast? Did you ever do, like, regular Law & Order 2? Do you have a... I, I am SBU through and through. Amazing. Okay. Well, that answers that. Well, speaking that. of casts... Yeah. We got to get into it. 
I think okay. the time has come. Jenny, explain what casting is. I'm going to explain <laughs> what casting is to Broadway's to- casting director, yeah. Taylor Williams. Okay, so casting Taylor. Yes. Uh, it is a game that we play on this podcast and not it's our livelihood. Sort of make like a mockery it is... of your job. <laughs> Great. Fit. Where we cast our guests and ourselves in a category that we select. So, you know, Sex and the City classic example, we would say who we are and then cast each other as one of the women. So for this... Do you have any ideas of something that you would like to cast or should we come up with something as a community based on sort of what we've talked about here today? I think we should come up with something. Okay. Yeah. Well, Law and Order, obviously. Nicole, do you have knowledge of Law and Order SVU characters? No, but that's okay. <laughs> we could also do NYU facilities. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Job it can't still be called the sweatshop, right? Like they have to have changed that at this point. I, who knows? NYU, who knows? They must have. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Nicole? Broadway shows that Taylor has cast, we could cast ourselves as those Broadway shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's popping out? Hellstone menu items. You do a hell, yeah. Hellstone <gasps> items. That's done. Done and done. <laughs> so niche, but I love it. If you don't know about Hillstone, you guys, if you came yeah, from explain a, it. a restaurant, you might know it as Houston's based on your the suburb that you're from. It used to be called Houston's. They had one in Dallas and I grew up going with my mother. Was there one that you grew up going to in New Jersey, either of you, or is Manhattan your first exposure? Wow. They're saying no, they didn't. They're both from New Jersey <laughs> and they're nodding their heads no that they didn't go to a Houston's or a Hillstone's in New Jersey. So... There is locations in Manhattan. Taylor Williams, casting director, did work there through college and after college for many years. I think I was there on your last day. Where Um, It's delicious AF. And the vibe inside is stunning. And it's like a steakhouse, sushi. If Uh, you can get to one, you should. It's great. I know. There's only one location left in Manhattan. So get the there. I reintroduced it to my mother and sister-in-law who used to go to one in Maryland. They didn't realize that it had rebranded and it was called Hillstone and that it existed in Manhattan. And once I showed it to them, we went for like every month for like six months. (laughs) It's amazing. So, okay, menu items. Pregnancy craving for one Hillstone item in particular, which we'll see if we talk about it. But okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's pick, let's all take a second and think about what Hillstone menu items we each are. Okay, I feel locked in. Great. I too feel locked in. Okay, I can do it. I- I'll start, Nicole. Nicole, I gave you the Hawaiian ribeye. Thank you. <laughs> what a star. Where, I mean, unique as hell. I've never had a steak anywhere where it's got pineapple flavoring on it. I don't think. That's an original that concept. That is an original, you Does. know. A lot of the other menu items I'm going to say are things that you can get at other places or I have had versions of. I have never seen a Hawaiian ribeye anywhere else but at Hillstone Houston's. And I feel like I've never seen a Nicole anywhere else. She's a true original. And the star of that menu, I would say, if you're going in and you want to be decadent at Hillstone, sure, you could go in and get a sushi roll, a few apps, a martini, whatever. But if you're going hard (laughs) and you want to go in... You're going to get that goddamn Hawaiian ribeye and have the time of your goddamn life. And that's how I feel when I'm with Nicole, having the time of my goddamn life. She's sweet. 
she's hearty. <laughs> Just like Hawaiian ribeye. Taylor, I gave you my favorite and probably what I think Nicole craved during her pregnancy, the chicken chop salad. I never had a salad like that. It's so good. It's refreshing as hell. You can get it for lunch or dinner. And I just feel like you're a fresher breath air just like that salad is. You're coming in tangy. She's got an edge to her, a secret little edge to her that that you don't know is there. And then you get to know her and you say, oh, this salad's got a little spice, a little edge. And I love that about you. And I crave you just like I crave the chicken chop salad at Hillstone. Mm. Think about it regularly, just like I think about you regularly. <laughs> this is weird. Love this. Made it weird. And then I had to give myself a spinach artichoke dip. I am that spinach artichoke dip. I've been cast as spinach artichoke dip in other settings and in the Hillstone settings. I think consistency is here. The flavor, the texture. The chips, the tortilla chips. It's one of the best done spinach artichoke chips in all the land. Just like me, I'm one of the best dips in all the land. Love <laughs> making, love making myself laugh and I'm sorry. Okay, Nicole, hit it. Well, let me just piggyback off of that, babe. I gave you spin artichoke dip. I gave myself pineapple steak. I think we are extremely aligned. I just feel you are the decadence of a spin artichoke dip, but not like at a TGI Friday. It's not a stupid one. This is a classy spinach artichoke dip. I just want to melt into you. And and for myself, I am a I am a bold pineapple steak. It does not make sense, but it works. And then now I differed for Taylor. Taylor, I gave you the grilled california artichokes because an artichoke is i think just one of the most gorgeous beautiful decadent vegetables of all time also limited not available all year round so it's like you gotta get in when you can get in but just gorgeous simply done not a lot of bells and whistles just the heart of the artichoke literally to me or artichoke wow guys i just have to say that i gave jenny this (laughs) (laughs) because To me, she just is the dip. Warm, comforting, you know, feels like a hug. Complimented by cold sour cream. (laughs) Yes. Wild choice. Sweet picante chips that are perfectly salted. And they always give you more. You never have to worry about running out of chips. More always arrive. And I just never have to worry about Jenny not being around. She always comes. She's always (laughs) there. And then... Nicole, I gave you the grilled California artichokes. Oh. I felt like a limited item. We're so lucky when we're in the presence of the artichoke. You can't expect it every time. You can hope for it. You can try, but you can't expect it. So you have to really enjoy it when you have it. And, you know, that to me is Nicole. And by sell, I gave myself the veggie burger because Mm. it's a really great veggie burger. That always <laughs> surprises me. And sometimes I surprise myself. I do things that I'm scared about and I surprise myself. So in in a way, I am the veggie burger. Love that. This yes. podcast is you being the veggie burger, Taylor. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> oh my God. Well, to, to be cast by someone who knows the Hillstone Houston's menu so intimately as you, Taylor, was a true joy. Thank you for being on our pod. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me. This is very fun, very painless, very easy. Yes. So we love Tell to hear it. the people where to keep up with you, what projects that you're working on that they should check out. 
Anything you want to plug? Yeah. Come see Enemy of the People on Broadway. We start in a few weeks, Circle in the Square. Come see Teeth at Playwrights Horizon. Oh, cool. Based on the go. film, it's going to be wild. Michael R. Jackson, Sarah Benson, um, Jacobs, definitely come for that. And yeah. go see Stereophonic on Broadway. If you missed it at Playwrights Horizons, the whole cast is back. It'll be really fun. It's a great play. Yay. Oh, we love you. I love you too.